Relax. All right, don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground balls. It's more democratic. <laughs> Hello there, lollygaggers. But we'll read along with uh, Samantha Button and Matthew Irby here uh, for another week of, uh, of sports talk. And I, I think it's safe to say, Samantha, that uh, those out there that haven't been listening to the program should get used to some Bull Duro because we happen to love that movie on this program. Just maybe even a little too much. Well, we did name our entire podcast. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Let's see if we get some, uh, you know, some, some fascist strikeouts. Over the course of the next handful of weeks, and as we start the baseball playoffs, uh, on a good note, though, on a good note, we did finally see number sixty-two fly. So we didn't have to deal with that the last day of the season. That's, I think, that's a win. I I can't decide. Like, there's a part of me that was like bitter about because it was dragged out and made such a big deal of, even though it's not even actually a real record. Like, where I'm like. You know what? I don't even want you to get this. This is annoying. This wasn't fun like McGuire and Sosa and exciting. It was boring and painful. Also, as has been pointed out by others, I, I mean, the the best argument for like wanting it to finally happen is to end the hostage situation with the Maris family. Like right? those poor people. Like I, but, <laughs> I mean, like, aren't you so excited? Don't you want to come here and pretend to be excited that you know you're beloved relatives record has fallen why, why would they be happy about that like come on <laughs> not saying they're unhappy about it it's just like geez man this seems ridiculous dragging these poor people out making them wait for this Ugh. oh boy does that mean like the tweeting that's been done by uh by one of roger's kids are we calling that stockholm syndrome like he, he's been there for so long <laughs> watch the man I guess it must be the son who was there the night the night that they tied that he tied it and was sitting they had him sitting with Aaron Judge's mom and you're like okay like this just seems mean and he's like you know he's like yeah okay clap clap and the mom like of course she's excited it's her kid she's like hugging him and he look, looks like he doesn't want to be there it's also bad for the guy like she's like, dragging these people around <laughs> and making them do this day after day like I guess I'm glad it's over just so that they can finally go home. <laughs> you know, like the worst part was like while we were uh, recording the show last week, of course I had the game on on mute. So I look over and mind you, I hadn't actually been keeping up enough with this to, to know who I was looking at on my TV and I didn't have the audio up. So I couldn't tell what the announcers. I'm like, who are these people? They're really zoomed in on these two particular people in the state. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I thought they were Aaron Judge's parents. So did I. <laughs> and because they kept showing them, and they seemed excited, and they're like, I don't know, like, the dad, well, first of all, like, the dad looks, like, weirdly younger than the mom, which is kind of weird, but okay, it's not like he looks, you know, that much younger, and, like, but why doesn't he look that happy? And then finally, it was explained to me that that was Maris' <laughs> son, and I was like, Oh my goodness! Why are you doing this? This is terrible. Oh, <laughs> over and over and over again. I don't think they made him go to Texas. At least he was off the hook after they tied it. They let they finally let them. They freed the hostages. Like, all right, we're only going to make you go to home games. It's too much. That's a sh- that's a shame because he he missed out on the breast the brisket egg roll and Irby. I mean, I'm sure you've had that. 
So at some point this season at the ballpark, I mean, that's I feel bad that he missed that. I have, I have had my brisket egg roll and nap subsequent nap right after that. So um, it is quite hefty. Good, good <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I my favorite thing of the the whole conversation with uh, the, the Maris and the Judge families is the constant conversation afterwards of like, it's so great seeing them together and getting along. What did you think he was going to hit her? Like, like was that on the table? Like, like did do you think the two were just going to go to blows? Like, what, of course they're getting along. <sighs> it's over. It's good. And um, you know, I mean, what Mr. Judge waited a week in between hitting them, and so fortunately he doesn't play for a week, so works out great. He's probably going to hit a home run in the first game of the ALDS. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that's a nice little segue into, into our first topic. Uh, of the night, because obviously the baseball season ended today. We have our playoff field, um, and of course we're going to bring it down. Now, as, as we go through these playoffs, for those that haven't noticed, and this is something that I, you can ask these guys, I've been fascinated with really for the last handful of weeks for since the first time I saw it, but we actually have a bracket in Major League Baseball. We have a bracket. Like, so we're not going to have, like, you know, resetting the seedings and all this other stuff. It's like they are locked in to a particular arm of a bracket, just like the NCAA tournament in March. So as we make our picks, we actually have filled out our brackets. So as we get into uh, previewing each of these rounds throughout the playoffs, some t- you're going to hear either, yeah, I picked this team, or B, my team's out because they fell off the bracket. So... Uh, we're going to get into that here a little bit later. But, you know, Samantha, I wanted to touch on this first because this is something that this, this kind of been sticking in my head uh, for the last week or so. Um, this this bye week or this bye for, for these top two teams in each league, the top two division winners, they get the bye. They don't have to worry about the wild card round. So they're not playing baseball until after this wild card round is over and we get into the division series, and I can't help but think about the year that the Tigers made the World Series, and they did it so quickly that they had about a week off, and then they got swept in the World Series because they were completely flat. Is there a concern level here with these teams that are now going to have to take a few days off from playing baseball going into the division series? Yeah, I yes. I mean, I think that's the easy answer. I mean, I think there's a bigger concern for some than others, but it really has more to do with who you're matched up against. Because, like, if your opponent comes in and they had a lackluster performance at the end of the season and a lackluster performance in the wild card round, then probably the higher seed will out, right? You're probably going to be fine. But, like, some of these teams are coming in, like, scorching hot. And provided they continue to be hot through the wild card round, like that's the last thing I want to see if I've been sitting for a week. Like I will bang the table for the concept of momentum anytime. I cannot believe that there are people out there arguing that that's, this doesn't exist. It's just the most ridiculous thing ever. And nowhere is that more prevalent than in the baseball playoffs. It's far more true hot team wins here than it is in the NFL or the NBA. It's just kind of how it's gone. So it's pretty hard to shut somebody down when you've just kind of been sitting around when they are coming in and they're, like, on fire. So, I mean, look at a team like the Guardians. Like, do you want to see that team, assuming they roll through the wild card round? I don't want to face them if I'm New York. I don't don't like that matchup. Like, I don't think I want to be matched up with, like, 
I mean, there's a couple of, I'm trying to think amongst the wild cards, who's the other one I don't want to see. Um, I mean, I, well, okay, counterexample, you're probably feeling okay about the Mets, right? Kind of limping in at the end. Mm-hmm. You don't really care that they have to win a series first. If that's who you get, you probably feel all right. But if they heat up in the wild card round, then I don't know. You might be right back to the same problem. So I don't love it. I would be uncomfortable if I was the team sitting there waiting. Herbie, how about you? Are you concerned about the bye week? Bye week. <laughs> bye round. <laughs> Whatever we're calling it. I Well, it almost is a bye week. The divisional series is both begin on Tuesday the 11th. Uh, and then so with a lot of teams sitting some of there since we had the playoffs set uh, as of last night, yeah, since you're going to have a good handful of players that are t- going to take a week off. And I just 100% agree. It, it really will depend on who you have. You know, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the Mets. Mets and Padres going head-to-head. The winner goes to the Dodgers. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm loving that. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving that. But if I'm the um, – I, as hot as the Braves are, let's look at the other side. That Braves team, no, I, I don't. You very likely are going to be playing a Cardinals team, and I know that you know Phillies can yeah. do it, obviously. But you're you're very likely going to be playing a Cardinals team, and that's a Cardinals team that might be staying hot too. So, yeah, not weird. Uh, not a big fan. I, I I understand it, and it's tough because I do like the three game series better than the single game for this wild card. So, I, I mean, it's it's just rough, and, and we've had this in the past, but but I don't, I don't know. I, I do like that we've gone to three instead of one. So, for me, that wins out, and it's unfortunate for these teams with a bye. It's just not something baseball is used to, taking this long of a break. You know, I mean, the most during the season is really four or five days um, that a player will get off, and we're, I know you'd say this is pretty close to that, but still, I mean, that's the 11th. Six days away, that's, that is a chunk. That is a chunk of baseball there. So it's it's weird, but, I, I mean, it, it is what it is, and I'm glad that we have the three games of the wild card. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the wild card rounds itself. Of course, we got four matchups in the wild card round. So let's, let's, let's play this fun little game. Um which of these series are you looking at the closest? Like, what, what is the one that's got that has piqued your interest, Smith? Let's start with you. Which one of these series? I think I know which one, but let, let, let's just ask anyway. Which series has you most interested? Well, thank you for letting me go first, because we all know what I'm going to pick. As the only person left here, unfortunately, <laughs> who still has a dog in the fight, uh, I have to pick mine. So. Ian's Rays, that's definitely where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm um, shocked. Ask, shocked, I tell ask you. <laughs> me how angry I am about um, getting a noon first pitch you on know, Friday. You know, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, Samantha's not going to like that very much. But who would? I, no, nobody likes this. This is the thing. It's like, I, I see what they're doing. Like, well, we don't want to double them up. And it's like, okay, but nobody's going to watch it anyway. Like, you're you're going to get the same number of eyes on it and probably less. And also, hello, dying sport. You want to ensure that children can't see this? You, you who is worried about not being able to grow your young audience, you've just put a playoff game on while they're all in school. Now, if their parents are cool like me, their parents are calling them out of school. My children will not be attending school on Good Friday. Good for you. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm not making them go. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> it's mean. It's mean. Also, they're, like, they're very young and they're not going to learn anything important. So, no one freak out at me. Um, you know, pretty sure that 
missing one day of, of kindergarten and third grade uh, is not going to derail anyone's educational progress over the long haul. But I, yeah, absolutely ridiculous, terrible. Um, I mean, obviously we knew it was going to be this series because <laughs> it's the Rays, which is pretty much the, the bottom of the market uh, in terms of what's left there. Milwaukee wasn't in the equation, so we knew it was going to be us because the Rays are going to be the team that draws the smallest audience out of all the wild card series. So bummer for us, but you know, fortunately I work in sports, so I'm you know allowed to watch baseball in the middle of the day. I'm very grateful for that. Um, my children will be able to watch. So anyway, I'm a little bit, I mean, I think if you're the guardians here, you're set up about as well as you can be. I mean, you're coming in scorching hot, but you dropped a couple games near the end, so it's not like you're coming in on a 12-game win streak, which would absolutely terrify me because uh, somebody's going to upset the apple cart <laughs> sooner or later. But I think it was good to kind of drop one and then win the last two pretty definitively. And then you have three very solid starters you can send out there. You know, your, your weakest starter has not lost a game at home in the entire two years that he's been with the franchise. So that's pretty encouraging, you know, for Quantrill and of course Bieber and McKenzie. Um, I don't love the matchup for the Guardians hitters. They struggle a little bit with left handers. You know, you've got guys like Quan and Oscar Gonzalez who are kind of immune to the lefty lefty issue, but Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor, who are obviously not people you're going to take out of the lineup, have struggled a little bit against left handed pitching and the, the Rays have two left-handed starters, certainly McClanahan, and so probably games two and three, you're going to see a lefty out there. So that worries me a little bit, but generally speaking, you're about as well positioned as you can be. I know as a Guardians fan, this was the matchup I wanted um, out of the other wild cards that we could have faced in this round. Tampa was the draw I wanted. They just had a very good series against them. They performed well against them all season. It's about as good as you can do you're set up as well as you possibly can be. I, if the Guardians don't at least win this series, then that's going to be really disappointing because there's really no reason that they shouldn't. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Irby, who are you picking in this one? Who do you have in this in this, uh, in this this matchup? Uh, yeah, just as excited about this. The uh, the little nugget I'll throw in there for uh, that kind of help you realize who I'm picking here as well. Uh, Tampa Bay, not a great history of the noon, noon, four o'clock starts against point. the Rangers. <laughs> That's a good point. You got a couple Rangers here, fans here, pulling for your DNs. So uh, feeling pretty good about Tampa. Not a great history with those. Granted, those are five-game series, but whatever. Same thing. We yeah, don't care. I we like love that. it. We'll take anything. Yeah. We love it. We love it. I Tampa Bay is going into the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa's going to the postseason the worst possible way. Five-game losing streak. Uh, the way the Deans have been playing, the way the Deans have been pitching alone. I guess the the left-handed, uh, you know, the matchups there for the Deans hitting is a concern. But I, I look if if Cleveland's starting pitchers show up, I feel very confident uh, about picking Cleveland to win this series. Samantha, what about you? What did you pick here? Yeah, I'm taking Cleveland here. Um, I don't. I want to say they'll just win the first two and end it, but I I don't really want to go that far. But, yeah, I think they're going to win the series for sure. I feel pretty good about that pick. I am also taking the – I'm also going to take the DNs in this one. Irby, how about you? Which uh, which of these series are you you looking at closely? Yeah, so I'll flip it to the the other side of the American League. Um, Seattle traveling up to Canada. 
Um, fortunately, Seattle's all vaccinated up, so I know that that passed. It's not a big deal anymore, but still, everyone's going to be there play. But uh, Seattle, look, greatness of the you know, longest streak in, in modern sport or in, in professional sports. Um, their drought of the postseason, they're in. They're in with decent pitching. They're in with an offense that can show up at any moment and really, <laughs> really cause some problems. I mean, it's uh, between uh, Julio Rodriguez, Eugenio Suarez. I mean, it's, this is a this is a power punch of an offense. And I then there's Toronto, and and this is a Toronto team that we were big fans of at the beginning of the year, and this is a Toronto team that we thought could potentially win this division. Um, they, you know. Uh, eventually fall seven games behind a New York team, but it's a Toronto team that lately has woken up. This, this is a blue Jays team that, that found, I mean, there, there was times a month ago we're sitting here and it wasn't a sure thing that Toronto was a playoff team. You know, I mean, especially when the Yankees were faltering as bad as they were, Toronto had an opportunity to seize that division. They didn't do it, but down the line, down here at the end, they they have played some great baseball. They they have won <laughs> close games, blowout games, whatever you want. I what did they have a couple of days ago? An eight inning game, like whatever it took. Toronto found ways to get wins and get the job done, and, and do it against playoff worthy teams, against teams they should be beating. So I like how both of these teams are coming into the postseason. Uh, it's the reason why I'm picking that because this is one where we we talk a lot about these series is when you have two teams that are coming in the right way, when you have two teams that are both hot, two teams that are pitching well, two teams that are hitting well, it comes down to execution. And it seems simple enough of, hey, <laughs> just go on, you know, where's the old coach? That, hey, just be yourself. Don't, don't play outside your game. Just be yourself. Do your game, and we can win this. And that really is what's going to happen here. And these series are fun. You know, th- these are the kind of series that we'd love to see seven, but we're, we're going to get three, and, and I think we will get all three because it is going to be a series of who shows up, who makes that play, who makes that mistake as well. I, I There's an opportunity for both. I mean, we, we have a chance to see some good pitching games. We have a chance to see a couple both teams in double digits type games. So I, I that's why I love this series because it's all over the map. And it really, both teams can win this, and that makes it exciting as a fan that we get to sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, I think what I love is the uh, the youth factor. There's a lot of first-time playoff, obviously for Seattle, <laughs> the entire organization's been a while. Well, there's a lot of kids, I, I think, involved in this one, Samantha, is what I'm looking at, what, what excites me the most about this matchup. Who do you have here, Samantha? Who are you picking? Blue Jays or Mariners? Well, this is one of the toughest calls, and I, I think this is going to be one of the most fun series to watch, especially if you don't have a dog in the fight. This is the one that you want to be close and exciting and go three games, right? Like, this is a, a cool matchup. I think it's going to be fun, and because of that, it's also kind of hard to pick a winner. Um, oh, boy. You know, I think Seattle's the more talented team, but I don't trust them, so I think I'm going to take Toronto here. Ooh, really? Okay. Irby? Who's your pick? I say I'm going with the home team again here. I think Toronto, just the way they come in. I like what Seattle has done, how they've gotten there. It's a great story ending the drought, but it's a different game in October. 
And, and I, I feel like this is a Toronto team, not saying how deep they can go, but this is a Toronto team that can make some serious noise. Okay. All right. Well, then I will just have to be the ant and the peanut butter. I'm taking Seattle. I like these young upstart M's. And mainly, I, I want to see them face Houston because I think they could beat Houston. I really do. I, just based off of what I've seen thus far throughout the season series between these two, they, they have the ability just to, to, to sneak up and just bite the Astros right in the trash can. So um, I'm going to take the uh, the Mariners there. Now, the series I'm looking at uh, is is the, the Mets of the West versus the Mets of the East. The Mets of the Mets, so to speak. Uh, Mets, Padres. The Mets, I don't know what to make of them. They stumbled into the playoffs. And we've, I've, we've seen this before with these teams that they're locked into the division, locked into the division, locked into the division, and then they lose it late. And they don't seem to recover in time to adjust and, and, and go about their, their playoff season. Uh, we've seen this, especially with the one-game play-in. In the wild card round, so I'm wondering if this is where the the new three game series comes into play. Maybe the Mets drop the first one, then win the next two. I do not trust the Padres at all, especially when you factor in two of these three starts are going to be Scherzer and Degrom. So as of right now, they have not you know fallen apart. Their arms are still intact, last I heard. So that's a huge advantage for me. Um, I'm looking at this here. This is the one that. I'm looking at in terms of like setting up the rest of the entire National League because if it's the Mets and the Dodgers, you got a series. If it's the Padres and the Dodgers, well, we've seen what that is this season. Even even after all the big moves the Padres made, they still could not come close to beating the Dodgers. So at least we may get a series if the Mets go up, not if not if the Padres do. So that's where I'm going. Samantha, who do you have here? Who do you, who do you think is going to win this one? I, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious that this matchup happens, right? The Mets of the West versus the Mets of the Mets. It's just absolutely tremendous. And, and it's, it's good for somebody because otherwise we probably would have picked both of these teams to lose, right? Can't get out of their own way. Would have figured out right. how to lose a three-game series even against a weaker opponent. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Like, okay, well, somebody's got to move on. Like, and, and I'm with you. I, I think that Mets-Dodgers would be a lot more interesting series as much as I don't trust the Mets um, than uh, Padres Dodgers at this point. So look, um, it's battle of the screw ups, but like I don't think there's any way Max loses a postseason game unless he gets like absolutely no run support, and I don't trust the Padres pitching to make that happen. So there's one win right there, Degrom. That's practically a guaranteed win. Guess what? You only need two. So right. <laughs> I just don't see a way that the Padres can come out of this one alive, and I'm happy about that. I, I like the Mets are my NL team, and even though they're total screw ups, and I'm sure they will not get very far, but. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Mets of the Mets in the Mets versus Mets series. <laughs> Not to mention, Irby, um, there are fans in both Arlington and Los Angeles that have seen you, Darvish, in the playoffs. Let's just throw that little nugget out there for you. Who do you have here? That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. Can I cheat and just say Mets? No. And then make you guys interpret which one I actually mean. <laughs> no, you can't do that. I can't do that. Okay. Uh, Padres' success rests solely in game one. You got to win it with Darvish on the mound. I know Musto. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I can't. If the, the Padres are not winning two games in a row, so it solely rests on game one to force this to three. And I so with that, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the 
Mets of the East, Mets of the Mets, whatever we were. Yeah, Mets. The, the so, so yeah, stick around with the real Mets, the actual Mets, <laughs> not the fake, not the suntan Mets, the real Mets. I am also taking the taco the truck Mets. Mets. <laughs> taco, not the taco truck Mets. There you go. There you go. Oh, there's so many different ways I can go with that. Uh, but you know, I'm taking the, the Mets of the Mets. I'm taking the New York Queens Mets. Hope I made that clear. All right. One more. Um, and look, just because we didn't talk about this one doesn't mean it's, it's, it's going to be a, a joke of a series, guys. Like, this actually is a good-looking series as well. I was going back and forth on which one of these I wanted to pick. Uh, but St. Louis and, and, and the Phillies, that's an interesting one. For me, Samantha, because you got a Cardinals team that, thanks to the Brewers being the Brewers, they were able to kind of coast through September. The Phillies, meanwhile, had to get had to get hot late. And as you said perfectly at the beginning of the show, the hot team wins. So if that's going to keep going, we may have a bit of a series here between these two. Yeah, I'm excited about this. We we got lucky this year, guys. We got four good series in the first round. None of, none of these are bad or terribly, terribly lopsided matchups. I mean, I I guess Guardians Rays is probably the most lopsided. And even that, I'm not that confident about. So, like, yeah, this is cool. And it's sort of it comes down to yeah, the Phillies are coming in hotter, but the Cardinals are one of the most like consummate professional postseason organizations that exist they're very very good at getting down to business when they need to particularly in the postseason so you got to weigh that out against the fact that the phillies have kind of really turned it on at the end when they needed to and they got a little help from the brewers as well but yeah i'm excited about this i think this is going to be a fun series i this one could easily go three and uh you know what i just can't the phillies aren't so hot that I, like, mm-hmm. can't yeah. not pick them, and I just can't get away from the whole, like, the Cardinals until they run into somebody who's just tremendously more talented than they are, which they will before long, but it's very hard for me to not choose, like, the pros' pros under these circumstances, so I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Ruby, how about you? So I'm a little different here. Um, I This was actually the easiest one for me to pick. Um, just because I, okay, I'll preface this. I, I agree. I think we've got four great series. We've got four series that all potentially can go three games. Uh, good for all of us. 12, 12 baseball games sounds wonderful. I know Samantha being a Cleveland fan, 11 sounds better. Just get that one done in two. But the rest have the potential. Yes, three games. Um, this one is actually the uh, the easiest of the four for me. I think this one should go St. Louis and should go St. Louis easily. I, I, I know what Philly did coming in. I, I, I saw what Philly did coming in. I just, St. Louis, this is business as usual for them. This is, and, and this has nothing to do with Wainwright, Molina, Pujols. I know we're probably going to get that whole, oh, look, they're all out there again. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. This actually has to do with good baseball. And it's less to do about what Philly was able to do and more of what the Cardinals can do and what the Cardinals do in October. So I, 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 St. Louis in two, and it's not close. Ooh. He laid down a gauntlet there, Samantha. Just laid it all out there. Like, yeah, he's, you better hope that's how it goes, man, because I'm, I'm going to remember this. 
Well, and I'd be curious. We're not going to reveal him just yet, but I'm curious how far he has St. Louis going after he said that. You know, that's, you'll that's get, you'll have to tune in next week to find out, but I'm, I'm curious about it. I want to know now. That's all my. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're supposed to have your whole bracket done already, buddy. Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. No, no, no. It's, it's here. You know, you know I have a spreadsheet with colors already done. You know it's here. You know it's oh, yeah. sitting in front of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, one, one actual thing, it just hit me. Uh, one cool thing about this bye week thing, or this bye, whatever we'll call it, the bye. One thing cool thing about it is we do at least have this. We get one round. We know of for sure. We have one round without the trash cans involved. That's a win. That's good. I'm going to see You're right. That. You're right. This is like slightly lower stress. <laughs> without the trash cans. I mean, part of me wants them involved just so there's the possibility of them being put out. But it is going to be nice to watch an entire round of postseason baseball without having to get into that, like, miserable, like, fear-based defensive rooting. So, yeah, exactly. And whoever they face next round, like, I'm going to be the biggest Seattle slash Toronto fan. Well, we all are, right? We're we're all on the side of good. So, Yeah, i got no problems rooting for the Mariners when they they, uh, make their way through there. No problem. Yeah. Mariners, Blue Jays, don't care. Fine either way. <laughs> uh, speaking of, well, not speaking of, but I, I actually didn't get a pick in there. I forgot. Uh, I'm actually taking the Cardinals as well because I'm not buying what the Phillies are selling. I'm just, I'm just not. So, all right. Well, that that, that covers baseball. Let's get into uh, this NFL week that's coming up, and um, we're gonna start with the Colts and the Broncos. Samantha, um, what's interesting here is we have two teams, and you can actually use the word panic with both teams. So let's let's start with the Broncos. Why are we panicking with the Broncos? Well, I think you have to look at that head coaching situation, don't you, Samantha? Like, there, there's a lot of chatter going around about could this possibly be the worst coaching staff in, in the NFL? I would almost guarantee that they are. I mean, people are talking about, like, well, how many weeks is it going to be before he gets fired? He just looks like he has absolutely no idea what's going on out there. I mean, it's ever since, I mean, your fans counting down the play clock so you don't get a delay of game. Like, and then the players coming out afterwards and saying, yeah, that was helpful. Like, I, it just doesn't get any worse. Yeah, actually, yes, it does. It could be Urban Meyer. It could be worse. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't get much worse than this. So, yeah, this is bad. I mean, and if you look at the way the Broncos have performed, they just look completely lost. They have no offensive identity. I mean, Russ is not looking anything like the Russ that they need him to be. And some of that is on him, truly. And some of it is on the fact that he's just older and he's just not going to be able to do um, what he was able to do when he was at his peak. But most of it is that the play calling has been horrendous. He doesn't really have any help around him. The coaching staff is incompetent. Like, yeah, that defense looks okay because they're very talented. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett is not necessarily going to get in the way of that. But he just horrendous in-game decisions. I mean, it's you can make an argument that the Colts would need to be panicking even more. But it depends how you look at it. Because the Colts were set up for a slam dunk to win this division. The Broncos, I mean, and, and I have some serious questions about Frank Wright, too, at this point. I, I absolutely do. I hate saying that. I, I don't want to be right about that. But... Hackett, I mean, this is what happens when you're like, you know what we should do? We're going to get this guy, and we know that's going to lure Aaron Rodgers here. It's like, yeah, you probably should have made sure you had Rodgers first before you did that, because now you have, like, this bozo 
who has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He's just horrendously in over his head. And there's no getting out of this now. Ernie, how about you? What are you thinking here with the uh, the Broncos coaching situation? I, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to come into this and talk about, hey, you know, at least the defense, you're getting the job done. You know, you, you shut down, you know, Seattle. Granted, you have two losses, you know, the loss to Seattle, but you held them to 17, and you held Houston to 9, and San Francisco to 10, and awesome, great, but they gave up 32. So, scratch that. I don't know what this Denver team, um, and, and, and that's part of the problem. It's We don't know, and, and I agree with the coaching. It doesn't seem adequate. <laughs> like, like, this is not, you know, I, I, Hackett is definitely missing. Smith, you brought it up. It, it's, he is definitely missing Urban Meyer here because he coaches like Urban Meyer, and it can disappear a whole lot easier. So, no, and, and the unfortunate thing, and it's where these two teams are so different here, is that Denver, you're doing this in a division where it's not an easy division. You've got a tough division here. This, this, this is a rough, tough division. I mean, I, I, between Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Kansas City, I mean, I mean Vegas, he just beat you, and that's their only win right now. I, 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 Denver's going to end up finishing fourth, the way this is playing out. Whereas flip side, you've got the Colts, who, yes, 1-2-1, one, and one, not great. Very, very much looks like a World Cup soccer team, but you hate. You're only a half game out of first, so there's the good news. <laughs> All right, Seth, let's uh, let's flip it over to the Colts, the other team that should be panicking right now. But they're in the AFC South. We're very lucky, obviously, to be in that division. This is that why we're not talking about this team and being in panic mode yet? Is it just because of the division they're in? Well, I mean, I think people are panicking about this team, and they should be. Um, there's been plenty of chatter about it. Um, certainly, it's just that it's been a little bit disorganized, and we have, like, this entire camp of people who are like, Matt Ryan is lost. And you're like, yeah, I don't think that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> but they've really, really struggled really badly. I mean, they went from having, you know, we, we're big Quentin Nelson fans around these parts, in case you're new here. Um, but that offensive line has been horrendous. Like, it has been offensive in the worst way. <laughs> and obviously that has not helped Ryan. That has not helped a very, uh, let's say, short on talent uh, receiving core. I mean, these guys aren't bad, but they're not great. They don't really have a true number one receiver. You know, Matt Ryan is older, and he's not exactly what you would call mobile. Um and Jonathan Taylor also struggling. So, and so much of the problem comes back to the offensive line. Like, what went wrong there? It's just, it's bad. So, lucky for them, they're in a terrible division. But, you know, they are also terrible right now. I mean, they, they lost a very winnable game to the Titans a week ago, and we, we all agree the Titans really aren't even trying. Like, they, they kind of, you know, I don't need to say they're not trying to win their games, but. You know, they, they were trying to get cheaper. Like, they were taking an, an understood step back, letting expensive players go for sort of like a mini rebuild, and they couldn't get out in front of that. The Jaguars look a little bit frisky. The Texans aren't awful. I mean, they're, they're not good, but they could be worse. They have been worse in the recent past. So, yeah, if the Colts were, like, half competent, they could run away with this division. They don't look half competent right now. So I am very concerned, particularly as the person 
who went out said, my surprise Super Bowl pick or my long shot Super Bowl pick is the Colts. And it's looking like a longer and longer shot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they call it a long shot for a reason. I, in my defense, <laughs> we had played zero games of this season when I made this pick. But it looks like a terrible, terrible pick. So, yes, it's going to be a longer shot than I was anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's flip it over to Irby because I know he has some some thoughts on what's going on with the Colts offensive line. I, I hear it all the time. So what do you have, Irby? What do you have here? I well, offensive line, yeah, you want to – I do want to take this moment um, since the Colts have chosen to be so spastic this season with tying the Texans, shut out by the Jaguars, beating the Chiefs, and then losing to a Titans team that we thought was in a lot of trouble. So we have no idea what to expect from the Colts. feel like I need to pick against them the entire season and they'll win. So – because they're going to be spastic, I would like to take this opportunity to um, bring attention to something close to my heart. Uh, really, really bothered me today. Um, very happy, but um, Blake Bortles retired today, guys. Oh. And uh, of course, I thought yeah. of you when I saw that. I immediately so did I. <laughs> it's 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 been tough. It's been tough. You know, I I you know maybe there's a Brett Favre kind of come back coming on later on, but I don't, I don't think there will be. <laughs> so best of luck break. But, uh, did you get my condolence card? I sent it over email. I, I did. I did. Thank you. Thank you. I, I haven't checked, but I appreciate that. It's, you know, it's okay. We're going to, we're going to be, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. But, um, so, um, yeah, Colts offensive line. What the crap, uh, show up, get the job done, you know, keep this up. I, 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 Quentin Nelson should be able to replicate, just play all five positions, or I, I don't know. Maybe it's the Bo. You brought it up before. Maybe it's we got to get French and Fry in there together and just put the yes. French fries next to yes. each other. You know, at this yes. point, I don't know because it's there's no excuse. There, there really is no excuse for 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 what you've had on your. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> you beat the freaking Chiefs and you got shut up by the Jack. Like, come on, like I, 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 there's no excuse for what's happening here. Nor is there going to be an end. Uh, and then the the craziest thing too that we and, and here we go again. Like I normally I would feel confident in this, but but we've got a Thursday night game, and we've seen what kind of shenanigans can happen on the short week. We get uh, earlier today, Jonathan Taylor Thomas gets ruled out of the game with his ankle injury. So yeah. Suddenly, I've gone from being excited about the Colts to I don't know. Maybe it's first team to score touchdown wins, and we just have a field goal game. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I honestly, I have no clue here. You know, field goal games get a bad rap. They, I mean, they really do. I mean, I, I enjoy a good field goal game. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who enjoys a field goal game? Nobody. If it's a good defense, <laughs> and, and that might be what we get here. Like both of these teams have the potential to have a good defensive game, but. I don't feel like we're going to get that. We may get just kind of that, like the Broncos 49ers game from a couple weeks ago where both teams are just like, does anybody know how to finish this? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, speaking of putting French fry on the, on the offensive line, would it be great if they were able to find a center named Gravy? They have the best offensive line in the league. Think about it. No? Crickets? Okay, fine. Only in my head then. I don't understand what gravy has to do with French fries. What is there another one called turkey? No. Gravy on French fries. How I'd find ketchup, mayonnaise, ranch. Gravy at least sounded no. realistic for a name. 
Come on, I all right. I was gonna back you up with the gravy here, but then you threw out mayonnaise, and we're not putting mayonnaise on our French fries. Because there is a Mayo is out there. He's obviously not an offensive lineman. Plays on the defensive side, but Mayo is out there, and I I can just see an announcer hoping for that one day. Mayo splits French fries. I mean, I'm more of a ranch on the French fries guy, but there are some people that like the mayo. We can't we, we can't be excluding people for their their their, their appreciation of condiments on fries. I mean, we, sure, we can. <laughs> we, we exclude Packers fans. Well, that's different. When do we not shame people for personal preferences about things that don't matter on this show? Of course, we're going to criticize what people put on French fries. <laughs> Okay, that's enough of that. Let's pick this one. <laughs> what do you have here, Smith, and the Colts or the Broncos? I I mean, I love a trash bowl, but I don't think this is going to be like a fun trash bowl. I think this is going to be like a painful, like, I don't know. I just, I hope that they screw up, that they screw up right and keep us all entertained. Because I love bad football, but I don't like boring football, which I think is what we're actually going to get. So I'm going to take the Colts because guess what? The Broncos are not in their division, and that seems to be the real problem for them. They can't beat anybody in their division, regardless of how good that team is. The Broncos are not in their division. Some great news. I feel like the Colts can eek out like a five to two win here. <laughs> All right, Irby, how about you? Yes, I am totally here for a double safety game. Double safety game, or maybe you know another butt punt. Situation here, <laughs> totally down with that. Uh, yeah, saying reasoning's right. Defense, 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 defense. I feel like the Colts will have just enough offense to win in the defensive game, and uh, I'll uh, I'll double down the, the the field goal game. But like you said, I'll I'll go with it. Colts nine six in overtime. Nine to six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm, I'm also going to take the Colts, but I'm going to toss them to safety. They went. They, they did. The, the Colts went eleven to six. Three field goals and a safety. All right, Lions, Patriots, Samantha. This is obviously not going to be a you know a a, a a big game in terms of how the season shakes out, but it's a good time to check in. I think on these Detroit Lions. Um, we're looking to, we're looking for them to be a little bit better than they were last year instead of the last handful of years. Uh, have they accomplished that? Are they actually better? Do they look better than they did a year ago? Yeah, I think I do. Um, I mean, some of it is experience. Um, it was a young team, so they were bound to get at least a little bit better in that capacity. Um, I think they did okay this offseason as far as sort of outside improvements via draft and there was some very, very minor free agent stuff. Um, Jared Goff certainly looks better, which is, I don't know if I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried that Jared Goff is going to look just good enough to where the Lions decide to go, you know what, we don't need to get a quarterback. And then Jared Goff becomes the stumbling block once they kind of fill out the team around him. So, but so far he's looked good. Um, he's a help rather than a hindrance, which is more than we can say for most of Jared Goff's career. So good for him. Good for my mom. She loves Jared Goff. No one knows why. Even she doesn't know why. <laughs> but we're all very happy about that. 
Um, and, and Dan Campbell's a good coach, and, and he's coaching him up, and, you know, he's, he's made some mistakes um, as a, a young coach himself, but I think he's learned from them, and they are certainly a team that fights all the way till the end, and a lot of that is, you know, there have been some errors that I think are, are lack of experience errors, but there are less of them than we were seeing a year ago. Some hard luck losses, but yeah, I think they're a better football team, and they're going to continue to get better. They have some things they absolutely have to address in the offseason because they're going to be truly competitive. And I don't even know if they can, you know, address all of them this offseason. But I, I do. I'm curious what you guys think about this, though, because there's been some differing opinions. Do they look? Nobody thinks they look worse. I don't think. But do they look the same or do they look better? I think they look better somewhat. Irby, you want to take a first shot at that? Yeah, better. Absolutely better. This is this is this is moving in the right direction. It's not great right now, you know. I, I mean, but but comparing to where were you you were at, you don't you weren't going for great this year. You were going for competitive. You were going for we were talking five hundred as a mark that is achievable. Um, and and this is a team that can do that. The defense is the reason why they're not right now. I mean, this is just this is my gosh that. <laughs> Like I'm watching some of these games, and I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> the offense can keep them in it, but the defense is just going to give the points right back. You know, fortunately, you you got to play Carson Wentz in Washington, so you have a win right now. But you know, they, but I, I go back to it, it, let me stay with the bad. It, yeah, 455 yards allowed per game. You're average, giving up 35.3 points per game, but you're scoring 35. So it's just that small negative. It's just that small negative. Why? Because it is close games. 38-35 to Philly. 28-24 to Minnesota. 48-45 to Seattle. That one's not great. I mean, really, Seattle dropped 48 on you? That's bad. But still, you're in these games. This is not like you're losing by 20. You're not losing by three possessions. You're in the game. So I like where Detroit is going. It's a little weird that a Dan Campbell team is struggling with defense, but whatever. You know, it's a f- problem that is fixable. They, we, we, none of us knew, none of us thought this team was going to win this season. But it's it strides forward. It steps forward. And I do feel like they are making those steps forward. One of the problems with that step forward is, Samantha, I think you hit it right on the head there. Jared Goff will be the quarterback here for the future. They will not draft a replacement quarterback, they will continue to move forward with Jared Goff after the season. I, I, and, and good, bad, whatever, you know, we, we will play that out as it happens. It's that's I can see that absolutely happening. I agree with both of you guys. Um, I definitely think they're better. I, I think part of it, too, is, is you look at the Lions, and for the first time in a while – they at least have something going good on one side of the football. It's not a complete train wreck. It's not a complete mess in Detroit. Now, they've got a lot of problems on the defensive side of the football, but week one, they showed up what they could do offensively. I mean, they came back with a fury against the Eagles, who had a huge lead. You blink, and the lead is gone. You know, So they can put up points. They're better offensively. They at least are doing some things right. And for me, that's better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Let's flip it over to the Patriots. Uh, this is a completely different conversation. Uh, this, this is not going in the, in the right direction. They, they can't, Samantha, they can't figure out who's going to call plays. That's the, let's start there. Uh, 
They also have lost their quarterback again for an extended period of time. Is this just a complete lost season already with New England? I mean, it kind of looks like it. I mean, I think the first thing you have to take into consideration is that you're not winning this division. You didn't really have much shot to begin with. You definitely don't now. So you've got the Bills and Dolphins in your way. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And the AFC is pretty stacked. So a wild card feels fairly out of the question also. So at what point do you just kind of throw in the towel because you just can't keep up? Once you lost your quarterback, which, I mean, Brian Hoyer is a lovely human being, and I think he's a great guy to have on your sideline. He's fairly useless as a quarterback, especially at this point. No one loves Brian Horn more than me, but like that, that ain't happening. That's not going to help. You're without Mac for like at least probably six more weeks. And I mean, Zappy, like, okay. I mean, way to get out there and like, you know, guy who nobody expected to see on the field and scores the first touchdown of any rookie quarterback this season, fourth rounder who nobody had even heard of uh, until he got into this game. But, you know, you could see how the moment kind of got too big for him. Uh, when it got into overtime. So that's obviously not the answer either. This kid's not going to come in and steal Mac Jones's job or anything like that. And they have a, a pretty disastrous situation going on with the play calling. I mean, no one knows. There is no offensive coordinator. Nobody knows who calls the plays. Like, whatever it is that they're doing. And, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think Bill Belichick deserves that and say that Bill Belichick is probably the person who has the final say on this and will continue to do so. And whatever ridiculousness they're doing with a well, we don't give anybody job titles or what have you that's going on is, you know, Belichick is not going to let Matt Patricia run his offense into the ground. So they're going to be fine ultimately. But like at this point, I mean, why would you even, it's not like you're not going to try to win your remaining games. Again, like we said, like nobody tanking isn't real. People don't do this. That's not a thing. So of course they're not trying to lose, but at some point, I think you realize you, you kind of have to wave the white flag on the season and go like, you know what, like the one shot we had, was if Matt came out and looked even better than he did a year ago and we all kind of played a little bit out over our skis and we hung on for a wild card and that's off the table now. So I would be very surprised, you know, if they weren't aware of the position that they're in right now. Irby, same question to you. Is this a lost season already up in New England? No, not a lost season. Um, it's the priorities and, and the the accomplishments for the season definitely have changed. You know, we could sit, we could be sitting here today and looking at a one and three Patriots team and going, Hey, you know, I mean, look at the schedule at Miami, Baltimore at green Bay. You know, we could be looking at that right now and going, it's tough no matter who you have. Like this easily could be, it's like, yeah, this is easily could be a three and one team, but they've had a couple unlucky losses and lost to green Bay at the very last, you know, in overtime with a field goal. So it was a winnable game. You were in that game. The difference is, is where we don't really believe in games like Green Bay and stuff like that. So I, this will be the telltale right now what's coming up. These next four, shoot, I could even say the next six weeks, because um, you've got this Detroit. After that, you, you, know, you go to Cleveland, which won't be easy. Then you've got four games in a row of Bears on Monday night. Boy, aren't you guys excited about that one. Uh, <laughs> then you go to the Jets. You host the Colts, and then you host the Jets. So at that point, we are definitely going to know <laughs> these guys are bad. And I know that's more than half the season, but still. 
it's this is the spot right now. If this Patriots team is going to do anything, if they're going to be a consideration for the playoffs, if they're going to do, it, 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 that's it. It's not a division. The point was made very well of Miami Buffalo. Those that's who's fighting for this division. So you're fighting for a wild card, and that means you have to beat Detroit, you have to beat Chicago, you have to beat the Jets twice, and you probably have to beat the Colts in there. So here you go. Here's your chance. You got the tough games. Now you've got that kind of soft part of that schedule to get the wins. Will it happen? I'm not confident, but it's there for you. So we'll see, but I we'll see. <laughs> All right, then let's pick this one. Samantha, who do you have here? Lions or Patriots? Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> this is tough. Um, like, I keep picking the Lions and getting burns on it, but I also have seen the Lions put, like, a crap ton of points on the board fairly consistently, and I don't think New England is capable of doing that right now, which sort of makes it, in a way, a better matchup um, for them than it was, like, for Green Bay a week ago, So, which is not transparency. As we all know we're not just better than Jared Goff and Packers and blah, blah. Yeah, we know. Um, but I think I'm going to take the Lions here. Irby, how about you? Yes, uh, same. Lions, just because of the points. Um, you know, they. Yes, I know they've given up 141 points. That's the most in the league. <laughs> but they've scored 140. Also, the most in the league. So here you go. <laughs> Where, whereas you've got I me, mean, they've almost doubled the points of what New England has, and New England's sitting at a negative 24 already through four games. It's not terrible, but it's not great. I, I think the Lions, yeah, enough points. They can put enough points on the board to distance themselves and get and get one of these close wins. I mentioned that before. Um, all these close games, these close losses. This is the one that finally that 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 what that locker room needs. That close win. They are able to finish one of these games. So yeah, Lions here. You know what's crazy is like I'm also going with the Lions for the exact same reason you guys are. The Patriots can't score enough points, which is. Not something you would expect to hear. <laughs> but here we are with the Lions and the Patriots this season. All right, Bengals at Ravens. Samantha, uh, that's that's the really the only doc game on the docket uh, that, we're, that we're looking at tonight that actually has some postseason implications to it. So let's start with the Bengals. Did they get it right when they beat Miami last week? Did, was, that their, was that their hey – you know, we, we, we had some problems. Now we're back, and we're feeling good about ourselves. We're going to play better football going down the road. Is this their get-right game? Is that what, Was that what the, the Miami win was? Uh, in a way, yes. I mean, I think in the simplest of terms, yes, it was a get-right game, and, and they needed it badly. Um, and, and they got it. So that's good. Um, that said, I was pretty skeptical of the Bengals. I think you guys were as well coming into this season. We thought this team is going to have a pretty bad Super Bowl hangover. You can argue that they're going to regress. And it's not that we all thought they would be as bad as they were at the beginning of the season. It's that even though they are clearly bouncing back from that, we just don't think they're a great football team and we don't think they're going to get anywhere near as far as they did a year ago. Well, I shouldn't speak for you guys. 
Um, I, I will say that I think that. <laughs> See where you guys are at on this now. But yeah, and I, I think that helped them. And ultimately, I think that was sort of the, the clue that, okay, they're not going to be like a total disaster, right? They're going to be like a respectably good football team. But I don't think this is the game that puts them back on the path of the people that the people who were the most optimistic about their season, we thought that they were going to go on to win the AFC North and, and get back into the postseason, which feels like a really tall order at this point. So I just don't trust them. That said, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think they can beat the Ravens this week because this division is like bonkers and like every game between two opponents within this division is a dumpster fire. Everyone looks awful. You never know who's going to win them. It's not necessarily the better team. So there's another thing that maybe Cincinnati could work to their advantage is, hey, pick up a tiebreaker, pick up another divisional win in a situation where, you know, honestly, I mean, it's a primetime game, right? AFC North in primetime, what could go wrong? The answer is usually everything. So advantage Cincinnati, I guess, in that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, um, I've, been, I've been very skeptical of the, of the Bengals um, all through this season. Um, their play hasn't. <laughs> really done much to change that, but I will say like you know this win, the win they had last week against Miami it did it did change the tenor like it's it's no longer well they're gonna be god awful now it's well they they they're just they're just not quite as good as they were last year. Irby, how about you? We out here with the Bengals. I you know we talked about it last week and I fully agree with what you said this was the get right game last week. I this Bengals team yes there is some hangover. From the Super Bowl, absolutely, it's it's normal, but it's sustainable with these guys, and and there's still problems. They're not where they want to be, but that's okay. We've seen that before. I mean, my gosh, look at the the Buccaneers team from a couple of years ago. They were nowhere near anything good at this point of the season, and they put it together. Not saying this is the same kind of team, but there's time. The point is that there's time, and they've had some. I mean, let's say going into Dallas. Yes, I, I know. Well, Derek was here. Like, yeah, well, Cooper, you know, we're finding out Cooper Rush is legit. And going into Dallas and only losing by three, winning a road game by double digit, you know, by, by doubling the team up, and then beating the Dolphins like they did. I mean, yes, this is good. This is getting, you know, the confidence is building. They're getting there. You look at the drives they're giving up, the yardage they're giving up. It's not wonderful, but you know what's happening at the end of them? They're giving up threes instead of sixes. That's the difference. When you do that, especially with an offense that is as electric as it can be with the Cincinnati team, you're going to win football games. When you stop teams, giving up yards, who cares? Belichick has made a lifetime living out of this. He has made a career out of this of, sure, we're giving up yards, but then we shut it down and we're giving up a three instead of a six. And so we're seeing that with Cincinnati. All right, Samantha. Let's talk about the Ravens now, uh, especially specifically the secondary, which has been a bit of a problem uh, in Baltimore. Now we've got some more injuries coming in. There's always been questions about how they're being coached to the in, the coordinator down there in uh, in Baltimore. Is is this something you think that the Bengals can take advantage of? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, there there are a number of problems happening with the Ravens right now. And I'm, I'm glad the question tonight is not about the offense and Greg Roman's click line because we would be here for an hour while I screamed about it and one of you <laughs> would have to like drive here and tackle me and rip the mic out of my hand um, because I'm very, very angry about that. 
Um, so good, let's go to the other side of the ball. I can be a lot more succinct about that. Um, but I, I do think it's important to note that there are a number of problem areas for the Ravens right now that I think the Bengals, <laughs> if they're smart, can use to their advantage. Um, but yes, the secondary. I, you see how I got that Greg Roman thing in there anyway? Well done. Um, <laughs> well done. Yeah, I'm impressed. Not subtle, but had to be done. Um, but anyway, yeah, I look, we said, like, during last offseason, we were saying, like, they'll never be that unlucky again. And then we started seeing injuries crop up in the secondary again. And it's not nearly as bad, obviously, as it was a year ago, or we all remember that. I think it was, like, four years ago. Maybe the year when they cut both of their starting corners. And you're just like, right, really? They just cut them yeah. in the middle of the season. Like, there's some weird, weird stuff going on there. And they've really not done a great job there. And, oh, my goodness, Burrow to Chase is still very viable. Uh, whatever else is going wrong with the Bengals. And it's a really good opportunity, I, I think, for them to kind of really torch somebody uh, in that situation. And also, I mean, it, it brings up, I think, a bigger sort of question that we may have to revisit depending on how this game goes and how the next couple games go for the Ravens where we say, you know, every offseason we all fall all over ourselves like kissing the ring of the Ravens front office talking about A-plus draft, you're so smart, you do everything right, it's beautiful. And then this defense continues to look how it looks. And, like, at what point do we go, okay, well, that's great if you can, like, hypothetically put together a great football team in the offseason, and if it doesn't translate into wins during the regular season, then, like, what good did it do? Like, A-plus draft, like, this is why we don't like assigning grades to drafts until well after the fact. But it's really a problem, and I'm going to think hard about this when the draft comes around next year, and we're all talking about how the Ravens have really built up some just some beautiful defensive picks, and... I'm going to think about this conversation and be like, okay, you know what? This time around we're going to pump the brakes because this this is not a new problem. And whatever offensive shortcomings they have, this is pretty consistent. And it just doesn't line up with the, the way that we think about this team when they're not actually in the middle of a football game. All right, Arby, same question for you. The Bengals will be able to take, uh, take advantage of this, uh, of this Ravens Raven secondary? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. What we saw last week of what, what Cincinnati is finally getting to put together, yes, I this doesn't bode well. I think Ravens are giving up almost 440 yards of offense a game. I mean, 328 in the air, 110 on the ground. Bad, 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 bad. No, not, not looking good, not great for Baltimore. Yes, I think Cincinnati potentially can uh, – can definitely torch these guys in the air. Yeah, I agree with you guys. It's maybe not as I'm not gonna have as devious of a of a laugh as Irby just had, but I yeah, I think they can. Uh, who do you have here, Samantha? Who, who do you, who, who are you picking here? Bengals or Ravens? I'm like, I think I'm gonna take the Bengals. I just don't like this matchup for the Ravens. I mean, for the exact reasons that we just did. <laughs> I just I don't feel great about that. I will take the Bengals. All right, Irby. Um, so I, I I'm going to do a short one on the next one. I apologize, this might go a little bit longer. Um, I, we don't know yet what kind of Baltimore team we have here, just because uh, they haven't played outside of the AFC East. That's right, sports fans. The Baltimore Ravens have played the Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, and Bills. 
Okay, and it's just as bad if you go look it's at the great Jets. job schedule makers. Oh no, no, I'm getting. Oh yeah, the great Jets job. have done the same thing. Oh, the Jets have no. only played the AFC North. You know why? Because the schedule makers are some of the worst human beings on the planet. This is the stupidest thing in sports. You can't tell me in a 17 game season you can't figure out how not to do this. This is so stupid. So what we get now is we get a Baltimore team where we're sitting here. I have no idea. You have no idea. None of us really have an idea because Baltimore has only played one division. This is so dumb. It's like when we get this at the end and two teams that haven't played all season, they play weeks 15 and 17. Like, no, no. The schedule is not that hard, okay? When we were just playing on Sundays, maybe, but not really. Okay, you have multiple days. You have 17, 18, 18 weeks to do this. Stupidest thing out there in the world, okay? Sorry, get off the real quick. That's just, I, ugh. one day we got to fix this. And, and, and schedule makers, if you're listening, please at me, please at me. Let's have a discussion. So that, um, the more fun on this pick back to what you said, Samantha earlier. Yeah. Sunday night. What could go wrong with an AFC North matchup on Sunday night? Hey, guess what? You know what? This is Sunday night in October. It's a full moon. Woohoo! This could go bananas. Oh, I'm so excited. Full moon. So we I'm need... so excited. I'm the only person on the entire Sunday night staff that is excited about this game, and now I just got more excited because you told me it was going to be a full moon. Like, werewolves, vampires, it's October, it's spooky season. I'm so excited. Oh, oh yeah. Full moon in October, Bengals, Ravens. This could be a lot of fun. With that said, the scariness of that Baltimore defense and the scariness of the Bengals offense for totally different reasons. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals here. Got our games out of the way. Samantha, you want to take us through our trade for the evening? Maybe do one more. Let's do one more week of a, of a quick rundown of what Let's Remember Some Trades is. Yeah, so if you've played, if you're a baseball nerd like we are, you know, you've probably heard of the game Let's Remember Some Guys. Um, this is pretty similar to that, except that we are going after a whole trade. So not just a guy, but an entire trade. And what we do here is I'm going to give these guys the date that the trade occurred on, as well as one of the teams involved. And they're going to figure out the other team and then the players involved in the trade. And these range from pretty simple to extraordinarily complex. And you can play along at home. We'll make sure to, to give you enough time while these guys are figuring it out so that you can play along with us and see if you can get the trade as well. Uh, the only rule that we have is that we kept the time frame such that we would be old enough to actually remember it. We decided we didn't want to get into trades from before we were born or when we were too young to understand what was happening or whatever to give us a fighting chance. So um, these trades range from 1988 up through last year, obviously, 2021. We're not obviously looking at trades that just happened this year, but anything in that range is fair game. So this week, we're actually going to go back pretty far to 1995. And we don't do a ton that come from this far back because it's getting a little bit close to the line where we would have been like pretty young. But uh, there's uh, something about this trade uh, that is very notable that will be very meaningful to both of you and is also very meaningful to me. Um, so let's kick it off here. So this is a deadline deal. It took place in 1995. And one of the teams involved is the New York Mets. Man, 1995. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, Irby. 
Well, well, with it being 95, <laughs> is Cleveland involved? <laughs> They're not. Ah, darn it. <laughs> All right, 95, and you said this was deadline deal yeah. or this was, okay. Deadline so, deal. So 1995. Mets at the deadline. Hmm. Oh. Are the Mets the buyer or the seller? Uh, technically, they're the seller. Um, although, I mean, no one won <laughs> this trade. It was sort of a garbage swap. Um, well, not a full garbage swap. I, the Mets are essentially salary dumping here. Um, there's a, a weird twist to that um, that we'll get into that I think you guys can figure out. But um, there is a, there's somewhat of a salary dump situation going on here. Irby, you got any thoughts there? Um, no, I'm just, I'm trying to, I, 95 met, so this is the, uh, this is right in the middle of the Bobby Bonilla era. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> A salary they still haven't dumped. Yeah. So, um, you, you, you kind of—I I guess the way you phrased it—I don't feel like the Mets are a playoff team. <laughs> they, they probably thought they were a playoff team and didn't perform, but I mean that's kind of like you the, can say that they, about the Mets every year. Yeah, I was like, I really didn't narrow it down. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Two-team, three-team trade? Two-team trade. Two-team trade at the deadline. The Mets aren't quite sure if they're winners or losers. Or no, both teams. You said both teams aren't quite sure if they're winners or losers. Correct? Um, well, not really. No, what I was saying is that technically the Mets are the seller, but I'm not sure there's really a winner here. Um, okay, okay, it's, okay. It's a buy for the other team. Technically, they are buying, um, but didn't really do them a lot of good. They didn't make the playoffs that year. They made playoffs the next year. They did not make the playoffs that year in 95. So there's a hint for you. The other team made the playoffs the following year. Um, hmm. I don't know. Seattle, what I was going to say, is Seattle involved in this? But no, Seattle was actually decent back then. So. Um, yeah, no, and this team is decent too. They just uh, they just didn't make the playoffs in '95. They make the playoffs the following year. Same as Seattle, actually. Ooh. Or no, actually, Seattle didn't make it until '97. That's another year. Two years till Seattle gets it together. Or did they? I don't know. They made it in '95. The Mariners did. That, that was that was when they. Uh, that was when the Yankees they, put them out. No, that's when they put the Yankees out with with Edgar Martinez's double and Junior running around from scoring from first. Oh right, and then they faced, and then they lost to Cleveland in the ALCS. That's right. Yep. Okay, so Seattle did make it. Okay, but it's, the answer is not Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not how the guy Randy Johnson. And it's oh, okay. not Cleveland. Dang, it's not Seattle. It's not Cleveland. 
But yeah, Seattle, Cleveland, New York, you've knocked off three of them. Who's the last one? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I guess it's not because the last one's the Red Sox, which is also not the team involved in this trade. So, but the following year. But it's, it's an AL team? It's is that an what you're AL, It is an AL team, yes. And they do make the okay. postseason in 96, and then they make it again in 97. Hmm. So I've eliminated Wait. like the entire field except for one team. For you, there's only one left. I would say okay. It's, we the Rangers made it in '96, but they didn't make it in '97, so it's not them. Yeah, there's only one choice left <laughs> because the the only other one was the Rangers, and they were all one. They were yeah. there, and everybody else who was in twice Cleveland. Boston, New York, for any combination of those three years, we've already eliminated. So who's the last one? There's only one more. Um, six during... This team eliminated the Deans in 96 and then lost to the Deans in 97 in the postseason, if that helps you. Oh, Baltimore. There you go. Yeah, yeah, with Cal wow. and Alomar, <laughs> Palmero. Yep. Okay, so Baltimore added somebody. They didn't. From the Mets. Wait a minute. Did we? Did I kind of? Did we kind of get this, and we didn't even realize we kind of got this? I think you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He, he did play... Yeah, he did! Wow. Yeah, he did. So? You know who it is? <laughs> There's no way Bobby Bonilla played for more. the Orioles. There's no way he did that. Yeah, he did. Are you, did. Are you shitting me? No, he did play for Baltimore. <laughs> Wow. Which is of course the only reason we actually picked this trade. Another reason I should mention why we usually don't go this far back is because there just aren't as many meaningful trades um, that far back. Um, the deadline has gotten progressively more aggressive. Um, since then. And obviously the year before this, we had pretty much nothing at the deadline because of the looming strike. But yes, Bobby Benito <laughs> wow. from the New York Mets to the Baltimore Orioles in the middle of the 1995 season and in the middle of the contract, which has given us the greatest holiday of all the holidays, which is Bobby Benito Day, which takes place on July 1st every year. We have some couple of fun facts on that coming up, but Let's try to knock out the rest of this trade. I will be honest and tell you that I these are both there's two players going back to the Mets. Um, they're both names I recognize. They're both people who I would have associated with having played for the Mets at some point, but they're not necessarily guys who you're going to be like, oh yeah, that guy. So I imagine the names will be familiar, but they might be a little bit tough to get. So I can give them to you if you want. Um, we'll give everybody a few minutes in, in case we have any. Um, Orioles or Mets experts out there, you guys probably know who's on the other end of this. And Irby, if you guys want to take a crack at it, you can. Um, they're both outfielders. I will tell you that much. Um, one of them was technically a prospect um, when he was traded, although the Mets immediately sent him right out there. 
on onto a major league field. The other gentleman uh, was further along in his career and was also an outfielder. But effectively, it was a salary dump. So that should tell you a little bit about the caliber of players coming back. It's, it's not wonderful. It's not anybody who's meaningful. We have picked the straight, of course, because we love Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah. Um, and, and this was, by the way, this was Bobby's best season, actually. This was technically, statistically speaking, his best season. So, um, And they traded him. And they traded him. <laughs> because the Mets are smart. Um, Mets for the Mets. Mets for the Mets. So, um, since we're running pretty long, if you want, I can give you the other two gentlemen, and we can have a little. Yeah, I don't. We can have a little fun with Bobby. Yeah, um, I don't know. Okay, them. I don't know these okay. two. All right, so one of them is Damon Buford, um, who okay, spent, I know that. He, yeah, yeah, former Ranger. He was a Ranger. Yeah, he was a Ranger. Yeah, ninety-six and ninety-seven. So he spent three years in Baltimore, or two and a half, I should say, half a year with the Mets. Then he goes to Texas in ninety-six and ninety-seven. Couple years in Boston, and then two years with the Cubs, and retires in 2001. Can't find any sign of him since then. If anybody out there knows what Damon Buford is up to, like we always tell you guys, we love when we when you guys find out something for us about where these guys are now. I, especially if it's something weird and cool, like please do let us know if you know what Damon Buford is up to in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, the other gentleman involved in this trade, Alex Ochoa, probably another familiar name to you guys, but not a particularly memorable guy. You guys remember him? Alex mm. Ochoa? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody? Do you know no. Nobody I knows actually Alex do. Ochoa. I actually did. Yeah, all right, good job. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was an even less um, remarkable player. He spent three years with the Mets, a year with Minnesota, a year with Milwaukee, two with Cincinnati, one with Colorado, another year with Milwaukee, or I should say half a year with Milwaukee, half a year with the Los Angeles, Angels, Vanaheim, California, Los Angeles, Baja, California, Los Angeles. Santa Barbara. And then Santa Barbara. And then he spent two years in, or I'm sorry, he spent five years in NPB um, with the Chunichi Dragons and the Hiroshima Toyo Carp. Um, he shows up later as a coach in Boston, but I don't think he's there anymore. He was under like the Bobby Valentine regime, which would have been like 2012, I think. So not sure what he's up to. Again, shout us out. You know what Alex is doing. We do know what Bobby Benita is doing, which is cashing um, cashing a check for one million one hundred ninety-three thousand two hundred forty-eight dollars and twenty cents every July first. Until the year 2035. He will be 72, uh, by the way, when this finishes. Um, you know, they also just auctioned off the contract for $180,000, which also came with some other fun books. Um, I had $180,000. I tell you what, if I caught the Aaron Judge ball, I would sell it for $2 million. And then I would spend some of that $2 million on the Bobby Bonilla auction where you get mm -hmm. to buy the contract and have dinner with Bobby and you get a signed bath and then just a lot of stuff I want to see to Bobby Bonilla. Like, thank you for giving us the greatest holiday that has ever happened. Um, but the contract, for those of you who don't know, is a five-year deal. It was signed in 1991. In 2000, they bought out the remaining $5.9 million that was left on the contract. The payments began in 2011 plus 8% interest and then they go, of course, as I mentioned, until 2035. But, Fun fact that never gets talked about in connection with this. Whenever you see, you know, sometimes you'll see lists of other deferred contracts. Um, there's a couple of, you know, Max Scherzer has an active one right now where there's going to be a lot of deferred payments coming on the back end of it. But, you know, what's super cool is that Bobby Bonilla actually has another, a second deferred contract plan, which has to do with this season um, where the Mets and the Orioles 
still owe him $500,000 a year, which started in 2004 and lasts 25 years. So he's still being paid a whole separate contract, also by the Mets, that doesn't get rolled up in this one. And then the Orioles are paying part of it also. So Bobby gets two checks a year. I'm not sure what date that one comes on because it hasn't turned into a day yet. But maybe that could be like Bobby Bonilla solstice or something. Like halfway through <laughs> Bobby Bonilla equinox. Maybe it's equinox. Bobby Bonilla equinox. I hope he gets a payment exactly six months from Bobby Bonilla Day Proper, which is on July 1st. But anyway, super fun. I was very excited when I found that out. I was like, what do you mean he's got another one? That is so cool. I love that. Way to go, Bobby. Make sure you get paid just forever. <laughs> I, for one, prefer Equinox. I just it sounds Bobby, cool. it sounds cooler. I agree, Bobby Vinnie Equinox. That's what yeah. we're gonna call that one. If anybody knows when he gets that other check, again, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> this is so Mets. I want to know who his agent was uh, because that even Scott Boris hasn't come up with contract language like that. This is so Mets. You take you take five million and you turn it into a million dollars a year for like thirty years when you could have just paid him five million dollars to buy out the contract. You also deal him to Baltimore in a salary dump and you still have that much left over. It's not that much of a salary dump. It's just so no, mess. Especially when you still have to pay him part of the salary that you're splitting with Baltimore. Like what what happened? Like <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> This is bad. Plus 8% interest. Oh, boy. Now, Irby, any, any thoughts here on the trade before we call it a week? I, good trade. Thank you for that. Yes, great job on the Bobby. I should have figured that early, but still, I, this is a wonderful story. I love this. We'll be sad in 30, year 35 when this finally ends. Probably should all bust up in a glass of champagne that day. July first, twenty thirty-five, to celebrate it because um, it's just I just can't. I mean, could you imagine being like an owner who doesn't really like one of the owners that doesn't really follow baseball? You're just buying a team just for the financials, and as you're doing that, you're reviewing over. It's like, wait, what is this? Yeah, yeah, we're paying this guy. Is does he play? No, no, he's in his sixties. Why are we paying him? <laughs> How do we? Oh, God. By the way, the agent was Dennis Gilbert. Who is now retired? Wow! And yeah, he probably could retire once he negotiated that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a heck of a yearly salary. I mean, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smith, anything else from that trade you wanna you wanna give us before we head out of here? No, no, that's it. Just everybody, you know, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla Day, best day of the year. Everybody, be just remember in January. Oh, January 1st. It'll be New Year's Day, right? That will be the Bobby Bonilla Equinox. January 1st, right? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, just a reminder there, as, as Samantha said, uh, should you come up with a, the information that, we, that, that we're missing here on when certain things are, you know, you could just... Take a look at our pre, our summation of the show on, the, on the, over there on the podcast app. Find our Twitter handles in there. And if you would love to leave a review, go ahead and do that too. Help us out with this algorithm. That's going to do it for us, though. We're out of here. Until next week, watch some baseball. It's playoff time. <laughs>